From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Pervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hello, world. It's Taco Tuesday. Also, Terry Wolf Tuesday, who will be joining us first hour. And second, our um, first time guest, Rogue Professor Adam Elwanger. You know, it's it's the coolest thing when I can just read an article on American greatness or whatever website, contact the author and say, hey, you want to come on? Let's chat. And so uh, I read his he had a fantastic piece over at American Mind titled The Grift of the Magi uh, a week or two ago and uh, really good. Never heard of him. And I'm like, hey, come on, Adam. And he's going to be here. So uh, that's what's going on. And here in Mexico, we start the year off literally with a bang. The political um, cycle starts off with a bang. Um, This is sort of what, uh, you know, you face if you want to be a politician here in Mexico. Three, not one, not two, but three would-be political candidates murdered in the first week of the year. Can you believe that? In the first week, in one week, the first week of the year, three candidates were um, killed, three men who were hoping to stand as candidates in municipal and state elections um, this coming June were murdered in separate incidents in three different states in the first week of of January here in uh, Mexico. Alfredo Giovanni Lezama Barrera in Morelos. Uh, he was joining the PAN party. Uh, David, uh, uh, he was, uh, it doesn't say his age, but David Gonzalez, age 54, and then Sergio Hueso, 35 years old. So, well, you know, in, in the West so far, most candidates are basically digitally or economically assassinated. Most, not all. You know, you've got the JFKs and RFKs back in the day, but in Mexico, we still do it old, old um, the old-fashioned way. And speaking of Mexico, Ecuador, all heck is breaking loose. Um, some people may have already seen the reports that uh, in a t- in a TV st- at a TV station, uh, I guess on air, uh, gunmen stormed the, the station, took hostages, and um, now the president of Ecuador has issued the announcement that. He signed the executive decree declaring internal armed conflict and identified various groups as uh, belligerents, uh, non-state actors, terrorist groups. You got to love some of their names. Uh, AK-47, Caballeros Oscuros, that's the Dark Knights, um, the Latin Kings, the Lizards, Mafia 18, the Los Tiburones, the Sharks. Uh, and already someone pointed out that on Wikipedia, it's uh, someone created an entry called 2024 Ecuadorian Civil War. And this reminded me of one of my past guests on my podcast and here on TNT, Professor William I. Robinson. Go read his stuff. He's really good. Yes, he's a leftist, but um, he's very smart and really good analysis. And he's he wrote a book called The Global Civil War. And I think that this is part of the global civil war now. You're seeing this chaos in nations across the planet, and this is the global civil war. It's it's the oligarchy versus the people, uh, and then when there there are power vacuums, you know what what's happening in in Ecuador. That's what you get. Um, also, the American 
Stasi, the DHS, admitted that above 85% of migrants apprehended at the southern border are being released into the U.S. This is good. I was having an argument with a Mexican a few weeks ago who was saying, um, complaining that most of the migrants end up staying in Mexico. And now I've got proof that uh, he, he was wrong. 85% <laughs> are being, uh, that are apprehended, um, are being released into the U.S. So that's, uh, it seems like most of the migrants are getting in, which was my thesis. And C.J. Hopkins uh, as well, uh, really good dude. I've interviewed him. He put out a post, the First Amendment will not save you. And his Substack. he's going to a court January 23rd in Germany for a tweet, basically. Uh, but I really like what he says here. He encapsulates um, the moment and it, it goes with what with what William I. Robinson says, that we're in a global civil war. C.J. Hopkins writes, a supranational crackdown, uh, he says, a global crackdown on dissent is in progress, a supranational crackdown on dissent. The authorities in countries throughout the West did not coincidentally decide that they needed to wage a war on disinformation and dangerous speech and so on. The global capitalist ruling classes, which own the nominally democratic governments of the Federal Republic of Germany and the United States of America, and every other nominally sovereign Western country are going totalitarian on us. I have been pointing this out for several years, which clearly they do not appreciate." End quote. That was C.J. Hopkins. Meanwhile, in France, uh, Macron has picked uh, Gabriel Attal as prime minister, the 34-year-old. Um, he's going to be the youngest and first openly gay head of government. Have fun with that. Meanwhile, more war news. Sweden, uh, top security actors in, in Sweden, commander-in-chief, head of Sweden's civil defense ministry, uh, they uh, have agreed that Sweden could soon be facing a war. Uh, basically, a Sweden is expected to join NATO this year and the broader context of Russia's war in Ukraine. Sweden's civil defense minister urged his fellow citizens to prepare for war, to prepare for war. Looks like that's where we're headed. And also, uh, I don't know why this article just disappeared. <laughs> I'll pull it up from my telegram. Um, how does that even happen? North Korean leader Kim Jong-un called South Korea the country's principal enemy and said he has no intention of avoiding war. He also threatened to annihilate the South if it attempts to use force against the North as he was inspecting a munitions factory. So again, highlighting the trends here. And Taiwan sent out an air raid alert after China launched a satellite over the southern part of the island an event that caused some anxiety days before a pivotal presidential election. And China has sanctioned five U.S. defense firms on uh, because of the arms sales to Taiwan. So things just forever continue to um, heat up. At TNT, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time, broadcasting live 24 Seven online globally, no matter what, our take on the biggest topics of our time, broadcasting live 24 7 online globally, no matter what. Unless, of course, Cobra Commander Klaus Schwab pulls the plug. But until then, we've got you covered on TNT. 
keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Monday, a Canadian reporter was arrested while trying to ask questions of Deputy Prime Minister Frau Christia Freeland in public. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. This is kind of interesting. So uh, Freeland, the uh, deputy prime minister, uh, was alongside, I guess, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Richmond Hill to commemorate the fourth anniversary of Iran's military shooting down of flight PS752 as it was bound for Canada via Ukraine. Excuse me. Everyone on board was killed, unfortunately, including 55 Canadian citizens and 30 permanent residents. So this is a, an outdoor public thing. Uh, you can see video of one rebel news reporter, David Menzies, uh, or they call him, describe him as a personality. But yeah, he reports for Rebel News. Uh, and in the video, he walks up to Freeland with a microphone in his hand. Uh, and I... Pretty sure you can hear him asking what the question is. It has something to do with the uh, Canadian government, why they have yet to designate Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist group. Apparently, Freeland does not respond. And then Menzies asks a second question, uh, and we'll get to what exactly that was because it's kind of underreported and or unclear. Uh, but he asks a second question while walking alongside Freeland. Next thing you know, he gets blocked by a plainclothes officer, an RCMP officer working on her personal security detail, who then suddenly grabs Menzies and says he's under arrest for assault. You can hear Menzies asking why he's being arrested for asking questions. Uh, he was ultimately cuffed with the help of York Regional Police Officers and led away. Uh, later on, he was released without charges. Uh, of course, many people are quite concerned uh, when they see a reporter doing their job, asking questions, and then getting arrested. Uh, it was some trumped up thing. They were saying that he, you know, that the cop who body blocked him uh, was then bumped into by Menzies, which uh, they were trying to say is uh, assault. It's quite ridiculous. Uh, the arrest was slammed on social media uh, with the Conservative Party leader. Uh, whose name we can never say, Pierre Polivier, uh, saying that this is the state of freedom of press after eight years under Trudeau's leadership. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, conservative MP Michel Rempel Garnier also uh, shared on X, quote, I find theatrical gotcha journalism tiresome, but he's entitled to his approach. The intervention here by police is unwarranted slash egregious, end quote. Laureen Harper, wife of the former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, also weighed in. She writes, quote, police colleges should show this footage to trainees on what not to do. What an overreaction and what no coffee provided, end quote. I'm not sure what she means. Uh, Elon Musk actually replied uh, to somebody commenting on X who thought that the reporter, quote, was falsely arrested on trumped up charge of assaulting an officer, end quote. And Musk responds, quote, sure looks that way. Fine for the officer to bodily block someone trying to get close to a senior government official, but false to say that he deliberately assaulted an officer, end quote. 
Musk sounds like such a robot when he writes on X. Anyways, uh, a former police officer in the Peel region who has aspirations for public office, Ron Chinzer, called the arrest, quote, an absolute embarrassment to the profession. There is no defending this, nor should this be defended. This is wrong on every level, morally, ethically, and legally, end quote. You get the idea. Well, now, interestingly, Hervori, in my research and looking for sources on this, I actually found one, one source out of all of them. This one, I don't know the credibility of this source. They're called BNN Breaking. Uh, but they actually straight out suggest and allege that the second question that Menzies was trying to ask uh, was about Christy Freeland's alleged support for Nazis in Ukraine. So there might be something to that. I don't know yet, but that's the news anyways. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I watched the video clip, um, you know, an hour or two ago, and it's it's clear. I mean, I rewatched it, and uh, David Menzies of Rebel News, um, you know, in general, I, I like what Rebel News has been doing. I've got criticisms uh, of some of their work, and including David and Ezra Levant, but... Um, they have been doing a lot of good work and I rewatched the clip and David does not touch Christia Freeland. Uh, so you've got on footage, the authorities, the government, the police, the RCMP officer lying. Uh, and, and I like, you know, they always put, you know, the, the person that they're trying to attack uh, the name David Menzies there, but they put unnamed RCMP officer. They should name shame and name these uh crooks and you know i'm just looking at his face and you can hear the interaction you can watch the whole thing in high definition and i just don't know how these people feel no shame um that they are just um the brown shirts the green shirts the red shirts for this regime uh you know at least or you know for the rcmp officer he didn't touch freeland and by now they know rebel news they know rebel news isn't going to do something crazy so just you know let him ask the question Christia doesn't have to answer and I'm you know I think David is sharp enough after a question or two or three and she get he gets no answer he'll politely step aside so but you know this is why I just read that CJ Hopkins um analysis that in the Western world now we're going full total totalitarian ruckus yeah, uh, and in an update to this, according to the National Post, the uh, RCMP security detail member, the unnamed one who grabbed and arrested him, uh, is under review by the federal force. But, of course, this is all only because the video has gone like viral, right? So people are complaining about it. I, I wonder if there would be no slapping on the wrist of this unnamed RCMP security detail person uh, if we hadn't raised a stink about it in the press, I mean, like, and you know, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it could have been Alex Jones. It could have been somebody you don't care about. But like, we need to protect the freedom of the press. This is one of the most important things any like functioning democratic society needs to cling to uh, in order to call itself free or democratic. Am I wrong in thinking this, Rory? <laughs> No, but don't worry. The masters of the universe. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday with Steve Poikonen. Um, they're meeting next week, and the theme is rebuilding trust. And you know how I think they're going to rebuild trust is uh, they're going to eliminate free speech. Uh, you know, on, on social media, you won't be able to say anything that's not approved by the regime. Uh, and so th that's how they're going to rebuild trust. And we're we're seeing signs of that with Christia 
Freeland uh, and and uh, the regime out in Ottawa that they don't call it China for nothing right uh so all right Ruckus catch up with you in a bit we'll be talking to a Canadian uh Terry Wolf our man in Manitoba right after this TNT Radio's Kate Shamarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joining us, as he pretty much always does every Tuesday, our man in Manitoba, Canada, Terry Wolf uh, of the websites, wolfpox.com, winterchristian.substack.com. He's got a whole bunch of books you can uh, get from him maybe everyone is wrong fire in the rabbit hole uh, god's fault the paradox of fundamentalism he has been seen by millions on TikTok before he got deplatformed although he is replatformed now how is life terry how's the weather up there uh, yeah the weather up here uh yeah it's it's dropping rapidly it's uh you know, it doesn't feel like climate change is global warming is helping us much here, but it's suddenly dropping to like minus 30. Um, you know, pretty soon cars aren't going to be starting and, uh, you know, flights are going to have to be canceled. There's, it can get too cold for planes, jets to fly. And that's happened in uh, Canada a lot. So we've hit that point of winter and uh, everyone's just trying to get through it now and, and, you know, pretend like spring is around the corner. But um, <laughs> I have some Canadian news. Um, you saw it with the Rebel News reporter who was arrested at a Christia Freeland speech. Um, Christia Freeland, I've said many times, I see her as being the real prime minister, um, being the one who really pushes the radical agendas and sort of is willing to go over the line, whereas Justin Trudeau is more like a face. He's He's there to give you the runaround and to authorize things officially but i think christia freeland is the more uh important one for policies 
and she has been doing a lot of things that, um, you know, like in, in parliament debates and whatever, she's the most evasive. She's the one that will just, no matter how precisely they, they push her on something, she will, uh, you know, turn it around and accuse the other side of being evil and whatever. And so she's completely unaccountable. That's what she wants, it seems. And this is another example where somebody from Rebel News wants to come in and start asking her a couple of tough questions. And apparently her security uh, bumps into him, the reporter, and then charges him with assault, which is just like a very basic amateur type of uh, oppression. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what you think of uh, the story, but to me, Christia Freeland has this bubble that she likes to maintain around herself where she cannot be criticized in any way. And she's really was heavy into Ukraine. Um, the Ukraine situation, she was the first one to seriously back that, uh, giving billions of dollars from Canada to Ukraine. And so many, she's the financial minister. So she has all of these uh, problems. Our Canadian economy is in shambles. And uh, she doesn't want to take any questions, I guess. She's willing to arrest reporters instead. Yeah, I mean, this is full Orwell. I mean, I was talking about this the past week, how it's, everything's an inversion. You had this group in the U.S. called like Free Speech for the People or something, which I have renamed Fascism for the People. They're trying to get Trump off of all of the ballots in all of the states. Uh, and then here, as you said, it's it's always false flag operation, basically. So as you mentioned, the RCMP bumps, he commits the assault and then blames um, the rebel news reporter for carrying out the assault. So it's just nonstop false flag operations from governments. Uh, two plus two equals five. War is peace. Freedom is fascism or fascism is freedom. Uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and, and just to your point, um, you know, I've had on in the past in the program, the um, left-wing uh, act activist, uh, Canadian activist out there in Montreal, Eve Engler, who does good work. We don't agree on everything, but he does excellent work when it comes to uh, empire and war. Uh, and he's pointed out in his books and research that uh, Canada has been instrumental uh, uh, in the Ukraine war, that the Canadian armed forces training um, the, the Ukrainian armed forces. And so indeed, when you when you mention Freeland and Ukraine, uh, you know, that, that's right up there, as well as, you know, um, Freeland uh, and, and Trudeau um, and the Canadian political elites, they've got a strong presence at Davos as well. I remember during COVID-1984, people, they made a chart map of dozens and dozens of Canadian politicians who were uh, in the Davos orbit. Uh, and then, you know, something you just shared with me was something that I shared which is which I got from Lisa Logan, who I've had on the program, uh, and she's digging up really good clips uh, about you know you, you talk a lot about the the climate changeism, the green world order, and she dug up this clip from Jorgen Randers, uh, one of the co-authors of the Club of Rome's 1972 Limits to Growth report, which I got on the shelf right behind me, and he's explaining how they need to rig capitalism basically to end the free market and end capitalism and impose basically top-down fascism and this is what we are seeing you know your thoughts on that and and the wider uh green uh, agenda 
Yeah, this video is perfect evidence of what I was trying to warn about in my viral video years ago, uh, which is talking about climate lockdowns. One of the things about climate lockdowns is it was not just saying that we need climate lockdowns. In fact, it was saying the title was how do we avoid a climate lockdown? And the answer that the, the author gave was to undo capitalism, to get rid of capitalism, to have centralized bureaucratic, technocratic control of the market so that, like this guy was saying, Jorgen Randers, um, people don't want this stuff. You know, he calls it short-termism or something like that. Basically, you're thinking of your individual rights, you're thinking of your consumer rights and the free market, and you're not thinking about five generations down the line and how this could affect them. And so out of compassion, out of love for humanity, you know, we have to suppress today's individuals. It just so happens, you know, at the same time that they're all getting filthy rich from it and, um, you know, their science doesn't make any sense. But, you know, in theory, this is all about helping mankind and helping future generations. So they're they're postponing the concern. It's not concern for today's people. It's concern for the future. And therefore, we can be sacrificed for this this future they're trying to create. And it all comes down to trying to destroy capitalism. And I think one of the big reasons for that is that uh, capitalism is a nationalist system. It tries to create high GDP. Domestic growth is one of the central pillars of capitalism and uh, not being in, in debt so that foreign markets can control you. And they want to have control over all these different countries. They're international, they're transnational. So capitalism sort of, uh, for all of its evils that it can have, it is usually trying to protect um, the nation's interests. And so, yeah, this, I mean, the fact that it's the guy who helped write Limits to Growth I means you can't ignore it because this th that has been so influential. Yeah, and you know, just other interesting news. Well, we'll get to it in a moment. We're going to go to our headlines. Oh, yeah? We interrupt the regular programming to bring you some breaking news. Breaking news. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Mike Roman, a political associate of former President Donald Trump and one of the 18 co-defendants in the Georgia election case, has submitted a legal motion alleging that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis was involved in an inappropriate relationship with a colleague. On January 8th, former U.S. President Donald Trump initiated a series of legal motions to dismiss the case against him in Fulton County, Georgia. In this case, Trump, alongside more than a dozen others, faces state-level charges related to their actions contesting the 2020 election results. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Talking to Terry Wolf, wolfpox.com. You can get his books there, uh, find all of his socials. Uh, no, no longer on Twitter X, but still on TikTok and Telegram writing a new book and speaking of the green agenda terry it's funny today was reported india plans to double its coal production by 2030 <laughs> uh, and add 88 um well a whole bunch of coal-fired thermal power plants meanwhile we've got john Kerry saying he wants to shut down all of the coal production in the united soviet states of america and you know i think this crystallizes what's really going on here because the point is 
the U.S. wants to shut it down completely. India wants to build, uh, double its coal production. And it's what people like Anthony Sutton and many others 50 years ago have been writing about, that this is all, again, it all comes back to global government, world government, that they need convergence. They need to um, even things out economically. So the West needs to decline so that the global South can um, increase a bit so that they can get to some close type of parity because you sort of need to have world government. You need to, it's, it's supranational. It's a union and you need to have an economic union, a political union, you know, like a military security union. And so I think this, this is a perfect example of that. And I, there was also an interesting article from the Byzantine Catholic Patriarchate. They put me on their email list. Um, I've tried to get off, but they, they they wouldn't remove me, but they do have from time to time interesting stuff. And they posted about the Pope, Francis, uh, saying that the Pope reveals he's implementing the ancient plan of the secret architects to establish a worldwide dictatorship to which all governments and all nations must submit. In other words, the false prophet Bergoglio is preparing the reign of the apocalyptic beast. And they talk about the green agenda um uh, which they they call the uh he's they say about it's about what is the pope dreaming about about imposing a total dictatorship and ongoing monitoring of the implementation of the suicide agenda and so you know any other thoughts on on this the the green agenda i agree that uh they have to try to raise up the other countries and bring down the west at the same time and i kind of feel like and i've said this before that the collapse of the west is is being orchestrated it's all about timing um not so that it can just decline but so that there can be a collapse a controlled collapse uh big enough that they can implement much more radical solutions to try to get out of the collapse and so part of that is world government uh, a lot of that has is going to be dressed up in green rhetoric and uh, a lot of it is going to have to have a religious angle to it so the pope you know promoting the green agenda he just did his uh speech to all of his diplomats um you know journalists call it the the state of the world address he he basically talks about the state of the whole world from the vatican and he condemned the gaza attacks and and uh the mistreatment and indiscriminate killing of gaza civilians but he also condemned anti-semitism and Throughout that whole thing, he's peppering in this uh, green agenda talk that we need to reduce. Basically, we need to reduce fundamentalism. We need to fundamentalism is what drives conflicts, and instead of that, we need to have this global mindset of taking care of our shared planet. So you can see how a religious leader can try to be the peacemaker between fundamentalist groups. False flags are just, you know, ensure that you can never really escape that. Even if the average person, average Muslim, average Jew, average Christian, whatever, they're not interested in war. They don't want killing and bombs and all these things. But if you have enough false flag and psychological attacks, um, it will always drive them into these conflicts one way or another. And then these religious movements, I would even pump, put in the um, stuff like the UFO uh, movement in there so that they can put your hope into something else that transcends the national 
just like UFOs are a global phenomenon and it's, you know, it's not up to one government. It's this mystical thing that we're all sort of wondering about. We're supposed to be so fascinated by the green agenda is sort of the same way with seeing the world as this shared entity that we, we must put aside our, our local concerns and our individual rights and think about the greater good. And so the collapse paradigm and the is sort of a rebirth uh, reboot in order. Uh, I mean, that's why they call it build back better, right? It's you destroy everything and then you build it back the way that they want to build it back. RFK had a great speech actually that uh, tied in with that talking about the Ukraine. And, uh, and I, you know, every time he talks about those things, I think he's stealing the spotlight. So it's not just about, you know, sort of lowering the West and then creating a global government. I think it's, there's going to be a crisis inflection point where people can then look back on it and it pushes people into this ideological, or if you want to think of it as religious um, transformation, where we, we give up on the idea of national sovereignty and individual rights. And we're just thinking about this greater good, which goes all the way back to HG Wells and his blueprints for a world government and uh and the new world order that's really what it is it's it's interesting over the weekend i was hanging out with some christian friends and we were talking eschatology and they're not familiar with a lot of the stuff you and i read and 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 you know like carl takrib uh of game of gods the books right there behind me it's thick I, I haven't had time to read it yet i know you've hung out with him he goes to burning man every year and um we were talking about some of this stuff and my 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 Christian friends, even without knowing about Carl Tykrib and what you talk about, what he talks about, the age of reenchantment, they were talking about this. Like they kind of understand where we're headed and the um the 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 great awakening thing, the false light. They were also kind of um mm -hmm. in tune with that. And before getting to the aliens, well, just to add one more thing here, I had a friend of mine here in Mexico who works at some um, somewhere in corporate um, for some company here in Mexico, and it was sharing me sharing with me these these images about basically Agenda twenty thirty SDGs, all this crazy stuff. Uh, you know these screen grabs he sends me. It says the advantages of an electric car. Um, it talks about COVID, the scarcity of natural resources. Um, renewable energy blah 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 we do not discriminate based on race color religion sex like the whole dei stuff gender expression and i asked my friend like what website is this where where'd you get this from you'd think like you and he's like oh no this is from my company's website here in mexico like he's forced to take these course you know like many companies you know courses modules for you know always this what companies make it workers do and so now here in Mexico, he's taking these, he's being forced to take these courses and it's all there. It's embedded now. The whole Agenda 2030 SDGs companies are forcing people now to uh, indoctrinate <laughs> themselves with this. But before getting to the aliens, because there was an interesting uh, article about that um, recently, there's a really great channel on Telegram that's new called Shortages, Inflation and Water Wars. Uh, and they pulled together a lot of good stuff that I'm often sharing. They've started sh sharing my posts as well. So much cyber polygon news, Terry. Uh, and I couldn't even repost it all. It says Ukrainian hacking group claims retaliatory cyber strike at major Moscow. 
internet service provider, then World Council of Churches subjected to ransomware attack, then Loan Depot being the latest mortgage and loan company to fall victim to a cyber attack, Toronto Zoo hit by ransomware uh, attack, uh, just every day now it's absolutely insane any thoughts on cyber polygon i think this is the big story for 2024 um you know in terms of anyone anywhere can get hit by this and it's an again it's an invisible enemy so anytime that that happens you have this perfect opportunity for a narrative to be spun around it it, it looks like um right now there's not a lot of mainstream attention being given to this, uh, but that could very easily change. And, and it just has to, you know, when the right moment comes, uh, you could have, um, you know, a WikiLeaks style uh, dump of exposure information. You could have, um, at, you know, dissidents uh, could be targeted in the middle of all this. I think that the the cyber warfare aspect is going to be a huge story and it does ultimately lead to trying to create digital ids so that only trusted people can go on the internet or create content on the internet it goes right in line with suppressing dissent and censorship to have this constant disruption um, and then you know at some point if it gets bad enough um, critical infrastructure starts to get shut down hospitals and and you know ports and you know suddenly there's food shortages like it can get really bad really quickly with this stuff and uh of course you don't know where it came from so they can just make up anything they want about it and say this was iran or this was um you know you russia or whatever it is that they want to blame so yeah the cyber polygon cyber attacks i see it as being another almost uh indefensible way of pushing us towards a digital id and having this uh, control grid built up around us for our own safety so that our you know critical infrastructure can be safe and um and what are you going to say about it i mean uh if, if if everything gets shut down it starts to feel like somebody needs to do something and a lot, i think a lot of people suddenly get on board yeah and i feel it might be like COVID, I just, you know, recent example here in one of my banks in Mexico, it keeps, there's a notification that keeps popping up that asks you to activate the the Kodi or the DIMI, which is the cashless system they want everyone to start using. I keep saying, no, 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 I'm not activating it. Another bank app said a similar thing, uh, or, or to activate some way of paying more quickly, you know, in a, in a cashless fashion, it wouldn't let me say no. I couldn't enter into my account unless oh. I clicked yes. So I just clicked yes. And so I feel like this, this is what they might do with this digital stuff where, you know, in a lot of places during COVID, you couldn't get in without a mask, gel, shots. And I feel like they might try this with the, the, the digital controls that they want to put in. Oh, you, you want to access your bank account or you want to make a payment? Well, you could activate this thing or that thing, you know? And so they're, they're probably going to use um a top-down approach with the cyber polygon but going back to the aliens some fascinating stuff is coming out now there was this crazy report i forgot to share it with you i think it comes from the d the debrief.org just three days ago titled uaps and non-human intelligence what is the most reasonable scenario 
and they talk about ultra terrestrial models. I've never heard of, of this until uh, before, and I read the 18 page paper, and they talk about, um, you know, they, 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 they do go on to say, here's a section from the paper, which I agree with, because I read Jacques Vallée a long time ago and Alan Hynek. They say that the, the conclusion from Dr. Vallée's work is that the pattern of behavior of UFOs, UAPs is not consistent with the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Um, this is not consistent with visitations by beings from another planet for the purposes of surveying the Earth. Uh, and so they basically, they go on to say that uh, it's ultra-terrestrial, that whatever this phenomenon is, it's something that's been with us, that's here on Earth, and they posit it's underground, under the Earth, and that it's maybe humans from many years ago who have survived, and you know who who went up in the cycle like like we did and built up all this technology that was destroyed and then they use examples of like look how we're getting nanocomputers and usbs and you know tiny smartphones and all this tech is shrinking that maybe they develop such tech and then they're living on it's kind of too out too far out for me uh, it, it adds a twist to sort of what you and i have been talking about when it comes to the new age and Christ consciousness and and aliens and so it's time for our break but i want to get your further thoughts on this people can go to wolfpox.com winterchristian.substack.com call in send in questions through my email or the chat be right back jdrf's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes Type 1 Diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the Type 1 Diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the Type 1 Diabetes community, we're energised by the Type 1 community, and we're accountable to the Type 1 Diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador. So I can help others the way they helped me. 
I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Our last segment with Terry Wolfbox.com, and we're talking about aliens. And so I mentioned this article from Debrief, thedebrief.org. And so they go in. What, what I like about it, though, is they have a real scientific approach where they examine. See, this is what should really happen from an academic perspective. They say it's currently unknown whether the phenomenon, UFOs, UAP, is exclusively extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional, crypto-terrestrial, demonic or jinn, proto or ancient human, time travels, travelers, etc. And I like that at least they are willing to put everything on the table, which is what should be done. And then there's another article from Wall Street um, journal is it here just um, yesterday titled the UFO movement sees otherworldly growth believers come out of the shadows after congressional hearings we're not the people with the tinfoil hats anymore and what really got uh, uh, perked my interest here it said the man has a point there's probably never been a better time to believe in aliens than right now and this kind of like you know, it's it's we've been highlighting this trend which keeps growing, uh, Terry. That you know they are pushing the alien agenda. Uh, although I think they might even give us a few head fakes that surprise um, yourself and myself, Terry. Your further thoughts here? Yeah, this is one of the biggest issues for me when it comes to psychological operations of psyops, um, because. I don't even doubt that there are very strange phenomena that happen in the sky and people see things. Uh, that's not my contention. My contention is that when you don't understand something and you're scared, you tend to just uh, jump into a narrative and then you get manipulated. And so, yeah, if you put everything on the table and you just sort of try to be a data-driven uh, analyst, that helps. And I think questioning the people who push the narratives is always just as important to see how it might get used. Um, one of the things I find interesting from this article from the debrief is that it says, um, you're left with this. They saw a giant craft, but the picture shows that it was nothing there. Nobody could see it. So even if it was an object that was there, others weren't capable of seeing it. So it was manipulating vision, which, um, for me is interesting because it gets into the idea of hallucinations um possibly targeted hallucinations that kind of stuff on the subject of this idea of the the ultra terrestrial or the crypto you know aliens that are below the earth and stuff there is a old program uh on i believe it was a history channel called ancient aliens which is all about this it's one of the goofiest strangest shows um you'd think the history channel would have more you know credible programming uh, academic scrutiny but it's just a full-blown propaganda show about how all of the ancient cultures in the world had these glyphs and symbols to represent visitors from outer space and that that's what angels are and that's what you know the biblical story is trying to 
uh, grapple with the same phenomenon that the Egyptians you could see. And, you know, all of it is basically easy to debunk one point at a time. But when they overwhelm you with a million loose associations and symbols and then, you know, some little carving of a bird in the ancient, you know, Aztecs is like interpreted to be a UFO. And then so suddenly you've got this narrative and there are, I, I think I would estimate, uh, you know, millions and millions of people in America right now that are getting invested into this. The article that uh, you were pointing out says, Skepticism is declining with 34% of Americans believing UFOs are probably alien ships or are controlled by non-human life forms in 2022 compared with 20% in 1996. So there's another 14% of the population that takes this seriously and believes that there's non-human entities there. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a scare tactic. Um, there's a lot of narratives around what they can do for us. In that ancient alien show, for example, they talk about how they are the keepers of all the hidden technology. That's why they can live for so long and why they look so weird and stuff. And, you know, there's all these theories about how they could basically save humanity from itself, from the climate crisis, from international wars. So if the world ever gets to this point of, you know, World War Three and and total destruction and mutually assured destruction and things like that. The prediction in these communities is that the aliens will make themselves known, possibly through some sort of religious epiphanies, like, you know, prophets and uh, symbols and miracles and signs. And next thing you know, we're going to be getting gifted these amazing technologies. And so it's a very, it's a very in-depth um, movement in that sense. Like it, it gets you from a strange phenomenon that you don't know anything about all the way down the line to maybe we need to change our whole religious outlook in order to get gifts from above and like have this religious revolution. So um, it's not, there are obviously people who are just trying to take it rationally and, and, and back away from speculation, but that's not what the community at large is doing. It's very ideological and it's very hope driven and fear driven and so that makes it a very good environment for manipulation. And it seems like we're getting to the same point from different avenues, because at some point, the whole climate green agenda, environmental ex existential threats, threat is going to link up with the alien agenda, which is saying we're destroying the earth and we've come here to uh, help you. And it's funny, this is the second time this has happened, you know, in the Wall Street Journal article. The next point I was going to cite was what you just mentioned. Uh, you know, I had highlighted it in the article, so we're always in the same frequency here. And, and I did want to read the conclusion from the debrief where he says, in a nutshell, the hypothesis I put forward is that if the nuts and bolts UAP phenomenon and the non-human intelligences behind it are real, they're unlikely to be extraterrestrial. Instead, they may consist of remnants of industrial, technological, um, non-human intelligences that evolved on earth up to 350 million years ago we cannot find archaeological ge geological footprints of such civilizations because of the silurian hypothesis uh not only weather erosion but uh the regular recycling of the earth's crust through plate tectonics erase them the anthropocentric notion that nothing intelligent has arisen on our planet in the, in the billions of years for for which no conspicuous evidence would have remained on the record is unjustified there has been plenty of time you see their key thing is time 
uh, and an opportunity for many technological, industrial, but not human civilizations to have arisen and disappeared from the surface of the earth. He says, I know many can may consider this hypothesis disturbing, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, people should go check that out. Uh, we got just a couple of minutes left. And I thought you, you, you also um, shared with me something important, NATO cognitive warfare. Uh, and there was this article on the telegrams. Again, someone reminded us of, and I just... It just disappeared, but your th your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a fascinating document from, uh, I believe, from NATO, right? It's uh, talking about the need for not just winning wars, but to basically brainwash people. And, uh, you know, to put it really simply, um, that war causes all this anxiety. It causes uh, resentment and hatred and aggression. And basically, if you can... Uh, if you can get into people's heads far enough, you can start to change the way they think about it. Uh, there's a catharsis element where people want to heal after a conflict. And so, um, you know, again, this a lot of this idea of, like, if you look at what happened after World War II, you have the, the League of Nations and the United Nations from the World Wars. And you have this idea that we all need to come together or else, you know, there will be worldwide destruction that then obviously sets the stage for if there was another massive war, um, you know, how do we unite on another level? Uh, so I see this as being tied into directly what we were just talking about, trying to uh, develop technology. It looks like they're talking about, you know, the technology to literally manipulate people's senses and cognition. So like science fiction type stuff. Um, but a more basic level would be to just brainwash people ahead of time and plant these seeds of cultural and spiritual revolution. And, um, you know, like I was saying with the alien thing, if they could manipulate your vision or basically induce a hallucination, you could have something where a person is primed to believe a certain thing. And then when they, uh, whatever they hit you with, you know, whatever this technology would be, whether it comes in the form of nanomachines inside you or it's some sort of, you know, beam forming thing. Um, I don't know how they could stimulate it, but you could actually create hallucinations in people's heads and then have programmed them ahead of time to what to expect when this happens. And then so you create more and more uh, religious experiences basically off of this. I don't know what you picked up from that, uh, this this PDF, this document, but that's the kind of stuff that, where my mind was going. Yeah, it's interesting. It says here, cognitive warfare may well be the missing element that allows the trans transition from military victory on the battlefield to lasting political um, success. So again, I think this goes a lot, reminds me of a report from Iron Mountain, 1967, where they discuss, you know, kinetic military war is the best way to control the society. And that it seems like they're trying to get away from that uh, and and substitute that with, with these, you know, with cognitive warfare. And I think this, again, this goes it, it, on the timeline. It, it links up well with, you know, eschatology in the end times where it's basically mind control um, and a lot of deception in these last days. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Terry, again, real quick. Tell us, where do we find you? Um, I like when people visit my Substack winterchristian.substack.com um, I think my new podcast episodes get posted there automatically 
And if not, go to wolfpox.com. You got links to all my books there, my email address, and uh, social media stuff that I am doing. So I got a YouTube channel and things like that. Just stay up to date with my stuff. Uh, I, I love talking about these things and giving people the big picture. All right. Talk to you next week.